0: Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend. The Timberwolves take on the Miami Heat tonight in the, what, sixth to last Timberwolves game of the season. And uh, the first game of a three-game road trip before the Wolves finish the season with a three-game homestand uh, next week. So um, we will preview Wolves' heat here at the end of the show today. That'll be our final segment. I want to start the show by talking about some, um, I don't know, news might be a little bit strong, but some some chatter around the Timberwolves' ownership situation, the pending ownership situation, and also an interview that uh, David Aldridge at The Athletic did with Aaron Aflalo, former player who was interested in purchasing the Wolves, who's, who had some interesting insight into the process and also into Glenn Taylor, so I, I wanted to mention a couple of the things that he said about Glenn and about the process and, and all that all that stuff. And then also uh, on today's show, I wanted to talk about Anthony Edwards and kind of relive what he did on Wednesday night in the Wolves' loss to Memphis, what everybody's saying about his performance, him, uh, Ant versus Ja Morant from Wednesday night. And uh, there's quite a bit of chatter league-wide, or there was quite a bit of chatter on Thursday following that game on Wednesday night. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll get into Wolves' Heat, preview that matchup. Before your weekend, of course, we'll have a post-game pod that post Saturday morning, based on or or uh, I guess following Friday night's game. Um, you know, doing uh, key takeaways, game flow, as well as individual studs and duds, as we always do post-game. So there will also be a Saturday pod this week. So be sure you're following the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Of course, that includes um, Apple, although. Currently still, Apple's a bit on the fritz with On Wolves and, and not just this podcast, but also many others. So if you normally listen on Apple, go ahead and, and listen on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or preferably the all-new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at Lockdown T-Wolves, and at B-Beacon. It's B-Beacon, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Okay. Let's talk ownership. So the first thing is Darren Wolfson um, or or Doogie Wolfson of Score North and KSTP Channel 5 in the Twin Cities does a fantastic job covering all uh, Minnesota sports. He appeared on the Mackie and Judd program on Score North the other day and gave an interview about, uh, specifically really gave his scoop on Glenn Taylor and the Timberwolves and this pending sale that has been pending now for some time. And I mentioned this earlier this week, or maybe it was the end of last week on the show, but we're coming up close here on 30 days. At some point, really over the weekend, I think by the first part of next week, we'll certainly be at 30 days, depending on when the actual exclusive negotiating window of 30 days was signed between Glenn Taylor, the current Tiverul's owner, and prospective owners Alex Rodriguez, the former MLB star, and Mark Laurie, the, the tech billionaire. And we haven't really heard anything. And and Doogie says that in in his segment on the Mackey and Judge show, that there hasn't been, as he says it, there hasn't been a peep out of of Taylor, out of that group um, related to the sale. The last thing we heard was when Anthony Edwards admitted he didn't know who Alex Rodriguez was, and that was in the week following that. So um, we're at about 30 days, and it's a little worrisome. We haven't heard anything. Doogie said that he did some digging and found out that, or somebody unprompted, I guess, uh, who was apparently in the know, reached out to Darren Wolfson and said, hey, you should do some digging. He did. He found out that there could be some things being haggled on, um, still related to, obviously, this is a massive transaction, $1.5 billion, the Timberwolves, the links, the whole thing. And uh, apparently, according to what Doogie's been able to find out, part of what they're trying to figure out is exactly the length that Glenn Taylor is going to stay involved. You may recall that they had discussed Glenn being involved for up to two and a half years as a majority owner before transitioning into a minority role. And it makes sense for Rodriguez and Laurie to want him to stay on. Glenn's been around forever. Um, he is on plenty of boards, the board of governors, um, league-wide. He knows everybody. As As Doogie puts it, he knows where the bodies are buried in the NBA. And those things will be beneficial for first-time owners of a sports team in, in A-Rod and Laurie, two relatively young businessmen. Who don't have experience owning a pro sports team, but two and a half years may seem a bit long. And so, what's the right number? Um, you know, what do some of those logistics look like? He doesn't mention at all the possibility of the team relocating, which I think has mostly been explained away as a as a non-factor, a non possibility by Glenn Taylor in the multiple interviews he gave following the reporting of the exclusive. Thirty-day negotiating window between he and Rodriguez and Mark Lori, so you know that doesn't come up at all. That's positive. We don't really know what's going on, and, and I guess until you know if we get to middle of next week and we haven't heard anything, then I think it's fair to assume that the thirty-day negotiating window has probably expired, and it's not a great sign. Uh, remember, Taylor was in a thirty-day negotiating window with Daniel Strauss, the former minority owner of the Memphis Grizzlies, way back in September. That expired without a deal. It was said that Strauss would still be in talks with Taylor, but obviously nothing's come of that. So who knows You know what happens next. Related though, David Aldridge, of course, of uh, TNT, NBA TV, and then also The Athletic online, did an interview with Aaron Aflalo, the former longtime NBA player, primarily with Denver and, and towards the end of his career, Orlando, um, among other teams. But Aflalo was involved back late summer, early fall. I think it was more before the Strauss, um, you know, the possibility of Strauss becoming the owner in September, where Aflalo was named as the face of a new ownership group, potential new ownership group trying to purchase the Timberwolves. At the time, it seemed weird. The only obvious connection was that Aflalo had played for Ryan Saunders' dad, Flip Saunders, of course, in Detroit, um, which I guess is the third place that he he played the most uh, in his career, was, was early in his career with the Pistons. And uh, he had the relationship there. We didn't know much else. Well, now we know a lot more because Aflalo gave this interview. He talked about how he knows, he knew Flip very well. He knew, knows Brian Saunders well, who of course was the coach at the time. And in the wake of the George Floyd killing last spring, he felt like the city of Minneapolis could use somebody who could maybe try and pull people together and be relatable and you know lead the way in terms of social justice initiatives and social justice reform And really just decided this was something that made sense for him. And he's obviously got business acumen and is interested in the business world. And Aflalo tried to put a group together. And he talks about in this interview with Aldridge on The Athletic about how he had to basically find all these people who claimed that they were wealthy. And he learned the difference between people that actually had liquidity and had actual money and people who said that they were wealthy, but weren't necessarily good for it. And he mentions, he brings that up several times. And, and as he says, some of those guys are fraudulent. And so he had to keep coming back with different investors. And it sounds like Glenn Taylor, or he says Glenn Taylor took multiple meetings with him and sat down and in a sense, tried to mentor him in in a way and, and helped him through some things and offered to help, um, you know, moving forward said, this is an exact quote, uh, Aflalo says that Glenn Taylor said, if you need anything from me when speaking to investors, please call me. Aflalo says Taylor was very accommodating. He says he learned a lot from him that Glenn is very sharp. He's had over 80 businesses throughout his career uh, talking about Glenn Taylor. So it it really sounds like Aflalo came out of this process thinking highly of the Timberwolves owner, Glenn Taylor, and and thinking that he would be um, somebody he'd want to do business with. The problem was is Aflalo didn't get uh, you know enough other investors or the people that had obviously a flalo is ha, has money right he played in the nba for what almost a dozen years but uh, he he's not a obviously not a billionaire and you, it takes either a single solitary billionaire or a combination of people that are going to have the cash the experience the business acumen to to purchase and own and run an nba franchise or any sports franchise and a flalo wasn't able to find the right group of people but the connection to the city being that he really felt like, you know, he could make a difference in Minneapolis. And he, and he talked about that too. There was a specific question about Minneapolis. And he just said that he thought that it was a city where he could make a difference. It's really a fascinating interview. If you have an athletic subscription, um, go over to, uh, to the athletic and read that David Aldridge wrote it. If you don't have a subscription, think about it because there's a lot of good stuff on there, including our own John Hollinger, um, among other folks. But, um, yeah, a really interesting interview, a good window into the process, into what a Aflalo's bid looked like, what was behind his bid. And a good look at Glenn Taylor as, as really, in a sense, a, a listening ear and a I guess a mentor in, in some ways to a Aflalo during this process. So uh, a good read if you're able to go over there and read that. Okay next I want to talk more about Anthony Edwards heaps some more praise on him based on his his fantastic performance on Wednesday night first of all let's talk about bet online bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball seasons in full swing you can track all the action at bet online you can get all the news odds and info for your sporting needs including the MLB NBA NHL and all your UFC and MMA action before the next pitch Head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked on. Bet BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. On Wednesday night, Anthony Edwards put up a fantastic performance, one of the better rookie performances in recent memory. He has 42 points on 22 shots, 17 of 22 shooting, eight of nine on threes, pitched in a career high seven assists, six rebounds, a steal, and a block in this game. The Wolves, of course, lost to Memphis by four, but Ant was fantastic, and everybody around the league was talking about it. Also, John Morant scoring 37 points and and having 10 assists in the victory, Um an entertaining game, two exciting young players. John Morant, of course, winning the Rookie of the Year award last season. So I want to read off a few of the different things that are around the NBA Twitter sphere and, and blogosphere related to Anthony Edwards' performance. Uh, one was tweeted out by Basketball Reference by their Twitter account. They said teenagers that have had a forty-five-five game, of course, five rebounds, five assists or more. There's three: LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Anthony Edwards. Doesn't get much better than that. Arguably the two, I guess two of the three, if you include Steph Curry, best players of the last 10 years or 15 years. Well, yeah, I guess more 10 years. LeBron and Kevin Durant and Anthony Edwards are the only three teenagers to have a 45-5 game. Jason Kabatko also tweeted out, um, Jason Kabatko is a, a... a basketball reference, uh, actually the creator of basketball reference um, and, and a basketball coach has consulted for NBA teams. He tweeted out last night, the Timberwolves' Anthony Edwards became the second teenager in NBA history to record multiple 40-point games. Remember, he had the 40-plus point game against Phoenix a couple of months ago. LeBron James did it three times. Edwards is the second one to ever do it. He's done it twice. He's also just the second rookie in NBA history to record a 40-point game without making a free throw. Remember, he was only 0-1 at the free throw line. Chuck Person was the other back on February 11th, 1987. So another fun fact related to Edwards' performance. There's also a good article over on Deadspin about kind of going through some of the biggest plays from John Morant and Anthony Edwards and, uh, you know, breaking down, breaking their uh, play down in a way that only Deadspin can do. But uh, a fun read, Um, there was a feature on The Jump with Rachel Nichols. And the, uh, the NBN ESPN account tweeted something out about the league being in good hands between Morant and Anthony Edwards and and John Morant retweeted it and added some, some praise for Ant. Um, I I mean, there are just lots of, lots of, uh, superlatives being heaped on Anthony Edwards and rightfully so. I mean, the performance is fantastic. The efficiency is not something we've seen a lot of from Edwards at times this year, but I mean, and not suggesting he's going to shoot eight of nine from three every night, but remember and I said this on the post game pod uh, that posted on Thursday I mean what if he gets what if he gets to the free- throw line a couple of times and we're talking about an easy 50 points he shot 10, 10 shot attempts in the paint and only got called only got to the free throw line one single time in the entire game say he gets I don't know three four maybe five fouls called it's a 50point game and the efficiency looks even crazier um, he was he was frankly ripped off on a couple of those should have had more and ones, um, a couple of his misses in the paint. He was definitely, definitely took some contact on. So, um, just a fantastic performance for, for Anthony Edwards and for the Timberwolves and awesome to see him be recognized for that. I think it's really, there's a real question now who's going to win the rookie of the Year award. And you can, I I did this the other day. I think this was on uh, Wednesday, kind of leading into the game Wednesday night. You can make a real argument for either Lamelo Ball or Anthony Edwards to win the award, and you can do it with a straight face. I mean, this isn't—it isn't a runaway, certainly by Ball. It's not a runaway by Edwards, but Edwards is coming on strong, and Ball unfortunately had the injury. I think if Ball stays healthy, it's his award certainly um, to lose. But because he didn't, through no fault of his own, Edwards has only improved and continued to improve, and that's kind of the the I guess the the gist of my argument the other day. And if you missed it, go back and listen to it. Um, the, you know, the basically kind of handicapping and breaking down the rookie of the year race. You can make the case for both guys. Edwards improvement has been more obvious and more impactful than, than Lomelo balls, simply because balls been great all season and he was injured, but Edwards has continued to improve. And now if he's adding a more consistent three point shot, smarter shot selection, and, and overall a higher free throw rate, although we didn't see that bear out, it did that's bear itself out against Memphis this week. Um, all that stuff's trending in the right direction for ant and i mean 6 games isn't a ton but if he continues this trend somewhat over the po- over the final 6 games of the season then ant's got a real shot at winning this award and kind of stealing it away from lamelo ball when it, it seemed like he was almost a shoe in to win the award earlier this season uh, so that's obviously something we'll keep an eye on um and if you know if ant has more games like this it's going to be a fun final couple of weeks talking about his his run for this hardware of course the wolves have had two rookie years, rookie of the years recently in Townsend Wiggins. And, uh, it'd be nice to have another one, another number one pick and another rookie of the year, uh, would be, would be great. Um, okay. Next, I want to talk about Wolves heat preview that matchup for Friday night's game. Before we do that though, let's talk about built bar. Built bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. Hands down. What's your favorite built bar flavor? Mine of the nine delicious flavors, salted caramel. I actually had a salted caramel on uh, on Thursday on my way home from work. It was amazing. There's something for everyone, whether it's uh, it's salted caramel, mint brownie, raspberry, peanut butter brownie, maybe coconut, coconut almond. My favorite flavor on that list, I'm, I'm going to say it's a tie between uh, the cherry, well, okay, three-way tie. Cherry, mint, brownie, and salted caramel are all amazing. If you haven't tried all of them, though, you can get a mixed box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories, as well as only four grams of sugar with four grams net carbs. Order today and get whatever flavor you want. And also, if you don't know what to get your mom for Mother's Day, I mean, this is the perfect. this is the perfect thing, right? Most moms that I know, including my wife, love Bilt Bar. Send her a box, you're sure to be her favorite at least for a while. That is until you get her the next box of Bilt Bars. Go to BiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. The Timberwolves are in South Beach on Friday night to take on the Miami Heat. Of course, Miami is playing uh, much better compared to where they were at earlier this season. Um, they're they going to make the playoffs. They're now 35 and 31 um, in terms of the Eastern Conference standings. Miami is currently sitting at number seven, or I should say they're tied for number six with Boston. And of course, number six means you get out of the play and that's that's a huge, a huge thing. They have the identical record to Boston and they each have... Um, they each have what seven games to play in the, or excuse me, five games to play in the season. And they are three games up on Charlotte. So, and still a game behind Atlanta. So they're more likely to rise in the standings than they are to drop. They're not going to fall below seven almost certainly, but they've got a real shot at getting to six or maybe even five. And they're actually only two games behind the Knicks for the four spot in the East, which by the way, how crazy is it that the Knicks are fourth in the East? Thank goodness I didn't take the under on them before the season. I, I talked about that in the preseason over under pot, I would have been uh, dead wrong on the New York Knicks. I mean, kudos to Tom Thibodeau for the job he's done with the Knicks. But anyway, um, Miami Heat, Timberwolves, they played just a few weeks ago. And if you think back, this was actually right at the beginning of of that stretch when the Wolves started to play extremely well. This was right on the heels of the tragedy um, in, in Minneapolis, the uh, the Dante Wright killing that led to the postponed game. The Wolves were blown out in the matinee against the Brooklyn Nets by 30. They then lost by 25 in the matinee to the Bucs. Carl Anthony Towns sat out both games. It was just after the anniversary of his mother's uh, passing due to COVID-19 complications last year. So this was a really challenging week in Minneapolis and in the Timberwolves world for Towns personally. And they came back against Miami that weekend and beat them at home by nine. They went out on the road, lost the Clippers, got blown out that weekend. But then that was kind of the start of the stretch. I mean, you go back to that Heat game. Since that point in time, the Timberwolves have still won. They're still six and four since they beat the Heat last. Um, they alternated wins and losses for a while, went on that four-game win streak. And then they had these two close four-point losses, both of them, to New Orleans and Memphis this week. Um, so, you know, since that point, Miami's kind of done what they've done all season. They've treaded water to an extent. Um, Go back and look at that game a few weeks ago. Miami got out to a 11-point lead after the first quarter, but most of the rest of the game was all Minnesota. And, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler was fantastic early. He had 11 points in the first quarter, but only had uh, 19 the rest of the game. The fourth quarter was dominated by by the Wolves and really by Carl Anthony Towns. Towns had eight points on four shots in the fourth quarter of that game. Nas also had eight fourth quarter points. Juancho Hernan Gomez was fantastic um, on the night for the Timberwolves. They ended up with uh, with 24, five and five from Towns, 17 points, four assists from Rubio. Dilo was coming off the bench, had only 11 and five in this game, but Juancho had 14 and six and Nas had 16 and seven. Jared Vanderbilt actually had nine points, 14 rebounds in this game against Miami and outside of Butler's first quarter, Miami was kind of grasping for straws in this one. Tyler hero was one of seven shooting. Uh, Kendrick Nunn was, was really a non-factor Duncan Robinson was, was uncharacteristically quiet and the Timberwolves just did enough down the stretch, leaned on towns and and came away with the victory. Uh, The injury reports will play a part in this game. Miami uh, Jimmy Butler didn't play last time out on Wednesday for Miami He's questionable due to an illness. Victor Oladipo out with a knee injury. Tyler Hero is questionable with a foot injury. The Timberwolves will be without Jaden McDaniels. He's missing the game for personal reasons. And it was reported by, I think it was Chris Hine at the Star Tribune, said that he'll miss the game uh, due to attending, he's attending a funeral. Um, and so McDaniels is unavailable on Friday. So we'll see what the starting lineup looks like. My guess would be Wancho gets the start, but we'll see. We'll definitely see some more Nas Reed at the four. We'll probably see more Jared Vanderbilt. I don't think this means we'll see Ed Davis, but you never know. Um, so that will definitely play into this. A refresher on Miami, what they do as a team. They're much better defensively than they are offensively. Obviously with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, both calling cards on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, Precious Achua, the, the rookie as well. There's other, you know, Longer in the tooth defensive guys on this team too, like Andre Iguodala and uh, Trevor Ariza. But this team is is all about defense. Offensively, they've struggled this season. They're twenty uh, fourth in three point shooting percentage. They're not a great rebounding team. And you know, if Hero doesn't play, if Butler doesn't play, they lose a lot of that scoring punch. Um, they've acquired Victor Oladipo this season. Old friend Nemanja Bielitza plays a bit of a, a bit role off the bench uh, for Miami. So it's, it's really kind of an interesting team, an interesting mix of these younger uh, shooters, right? Like a, like and younger defensive, you know, Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Um, and then these old vets, the Ariza, Iguodala, Avery Bradley, uh, to a lesser extent, you know, like a, a, a Bielitsa or a. Um, Victor Oladipo doesn't quite fall into that category yet, but it's just a really interesting roster. And they're trying to find something after going to the finals last year and obviously losing and having a really tough start to the season, Butler being out for some some stretches of time and now being out again. Um, so they're obviously still dangerous. They can still get hot from deep. Some of those guys can, although it's been a disappointing season. Tyler Hero has not been good after a fantastic Performance in the bubble last year, Kendrick Nunn's been somewhat disappointing. Duncan Robinson's been somewhat disappointing for this team, um, and it's a really all been about Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. And uh, with if Butler doesn't play, Miami could be in trouble in this game. The Timberwolves outside of Missy McDaniel's and obviously still Malik Beasley, uh, they should be at full strength. and And this is certainly a winnable road game as far as as far as road games go. Um, So uh, after the game on Friday against Miami, the Timberwolves will stay on the road for two more um, before coming home to finish the season with three home games. They'll go to Orlando on Sunday. So they'll stay in Florida, do the, the, I guess the Florida two-step that it seems like is on the schedule every year with the Heat, the Orlando Magic, and that's Sunday night. And then on Tuesday, they'll be in Detroit to play the Pistons, who is, uh, that's the team they started the season playing against, before finishing the season with a tough three-game homestand against a trio of playoff teams in Denver, Boston, and Dallas. So uh, these three road games are far more winnable against two borderline or I guess one borderline playoff team in Miami, two non-playoff teams in Orlando and Detroit, and then home for three very good teams in uh, in Boston, Denver, and um, in Dallas. So uh, as mentioned, we will have a post-game podcast that posts likely early Saturday following the, uh, the Wolves Heat showdown on Friday. Hopefully Jimmy Butler plays and we get a good game And uh, we'll be able to talk about a couple of former Timberwolves in in Butler and Bielitsa on Saturday's show. And then we'll be back, of course, next week, Monday through Friday, the last full week of games for the Wolves before we turn our full attention to the draft with a little bit of NBA playoffs coverage as that gets going. Uh, But there's going to be plenty to talk about in the coming weeks. Now is the the best time. If you're not already following the podcast, you can do that. Anywhere you listen to podcasts right now with the issues over at Apple, um, you know, I would follow anywhere else you can. So that includes Google, Spotify, and our friends at Odyssey on the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at wolves and at BBeacon. It's Beacon. two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. A reminder that today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast. Of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.